It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. It's going to be one of those days when your guest comes in and the room lightens up and it brightens and you know it's going to be a better day than, you know, me looking at you and you looking at me. Did you look at my show notes? Because that's exactly cow. what I was wow. going to mention, that there are certain go. people mm. in this world that just are day brighteners and brighten up a room and own the room when they walk in. And I, I believe our guest has that kind of positive energy. So uh, stop looking at my notes, dude. Correct, that's so not cool. So I... Uh, we, let's talk about what Nashville has. Uh, we, we, this show has been Nashville-centric. We like talking about uh, all things great because we've been here forever. And the past couple years, the second year, the Nashville Grand Prix happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I went. It just ended, and, actually, oh after the rain delay. God. Yeah, it just got over. The traffic, yeah, it was hard to get here. It was like sitting on the equator hot. And that <laughs> combined with eight or nine beers made for... A long delay with the lightning strikes. There's pictures all over the all over the intranet with the lightning strikes hitting all around the racetrack. Everyone was safe, but uh, seeing those cars come flying down the bridge at 180 plus miles an hour, it's a, another. I was looking in the other room here. There's a picture of the Titan Stadium, Adelphia, opening day, September 12, 1999, and you can see the Bridgestone in the back. There's no convention center Mm-mm. up yet. And just, I was looking at it because the course goes around uh, now Nissan Stadium of just, there's always a possibility where the where you feel the world has kind of closed and there's no new opportunities. Nashville keeps inventing it. And this Nashville Grand Prix is absolutely tremendous. And I wasn't going to go. I, I got tickets the, the night before and I said, you know, it, it comes to, I was going to play golf the next day. And I said, you know, I can play golf any day. And then I said, but this comes once a year. I went to 28th straight Indianapolis 500s, being an Indiana guy and going to Butler in Indianapolis. And so I, I, I got the racing bug and I, it is cool. It's fun to be there. And then I tape it and I watch it, uh, you know, later. So no, it, it is, it is a wonderful event. I don't understand the business model with the infrastructure of all the stands and all that they have to do for three days. But uh, a guy that took in all three days is uh, somebody that you know very well. Well, uh, Joey King. Joey King, uh, it's my son, and there he is. Joey joins us on the Zoom where uh, Joey does our social networking. He does all the Twitter. He does the Instagram. He does the Facebook and anything else we need to do because he does his hair better than anything, though. That hair is so It's called Flow, John. It's called Flow. Okay. (laughs) Feathered. Joey. uh, And and Joey happens to be the most iconic race fan of all sorts. So, uh, Joey, uh, big race for Nashville. You were there all three days. So, first off, for what is the difference with these guys, uh, the guys who are racing, where are they trying to go? Are they trying to go to the Indy Series? Are they trying to make it to the Formula One? Uh, Because there was a lot of great racing out there. Yeah, so basically what the two really main uh, motorsport leagues um, throughout the world that a lot of people know are Formula One, F1, and IndyCar. Um, kind of the initial biggest difference between the two is IndyCar is strictly in America. That's kind of what our biggest racing league is as far as that style of racing goes. Whereas Formula One is kind of an international motorsport. They race in the prettiest cities and some of the prettiest countries in the world, um, all over Europe, in Asia, um, in America. And there's going to be three races next year. Um, so it's really just Formula One is kind of a more prestigious um, league in a way. And that's what a lot of, a lot of some of these IndyCar guys would like to eventually end up in Formula One. 
we actually have some of the drivers in the IndyCar circuit. Uh, for example, Romain Grosjean, uh, one of the drivers, Formula One fans know him as the man on fire who crashed in a Bahrain Grand Prix in Formula One. That's not the nickname you want, right? That's not what you're no, going no. for. Your no. car splits in Not at all. <laughs> car, blew, car blew up. He was sitting there under a guardrail on fire, made it out by the skin of his teeth. Um, but he's actually racing an IndyCar now, so it was cool to see him kind of walking around the paddock because everybody knows him um, all around the world. Uh, another one, Marcus Erickson, he raced in Formula One for 90-something races. He actually won the inaugural Music City Grand Prix last year. Uh, so it's cool to see some of those guys who have been in Formula One and for whatever reason either lost the seat um, or just wanted to come try this over here. Uh, NASCAR legend Jimmy Johnson raced in it as well. Uh, so, so there's a lot of different people um, who are involved in this, and it's, it's really cool to see kind of how those two leagues interchange with each other. But ultimately the end goal is to end up in Formula One. So is this a circuit that happened in Nashville that is repeated around the country? Do they only do X amount of races? And uh, do you know how, how did Nashville land uh, this e enormous event? Yeah, so um, throughout the whole IndyCar circuit of the entire year on the schedule, um, there's different kinds of races. Uh, obviously, like John touched on, the most prominent of which is the 8500, which is an oval race. So that's when they go to an actual one of those set racetracks and do it in a circle at 215, 230 miles per hour, just absolutely ripping around there. And then there are tracks like Nashville, um, where it's a street circuit. Um, so you're going through turns in different areas, whether it's in a city uh, or a track where it's already been laid out and it's kind of more of a runoff into grass as opposed to giant cinder block walls like we have in Nashville. Uh, so it's, it's cool to see. It was really, it, it was awesome. Um, last year, I went to uh, the one day, the Sunday, the main race, and it was amazing seeing it, first time seeing this kind of style of driving in person uh, as compared to NASCAR. Uh, but this year I did end up going all three days and got to see five different uh, leagues of driving going on. Uh, the first of which was the Trans Am Series, which is kind of more of a stock car build. Uh, the second was the Stadium Super Trucks, uh, which is essentially miniature monster trucks driving around at 80 miles per hour uh, going off ramps. Um, there were a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old driving in it. It was absolutely chaotic. They just missed. Um, a, they they stole the car. It was a carjacking, and in East Nashville, and they uh, they stole the car, and they got on the exit ramp, and they happened to get on the track by even, mistake, right? Didn't even know we were. In I the did race. not. I did not see that as breaking Blue news lights. on any of the stations. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. And then, um, so then the GT America series uh, consisted of basically every main car manufacturer you could think of in a racing uh, style. It's Mercedes. It's Porsche. It's Ferrari. Um, there was a Ford Mustang out there, BMW, all of them just out there racing each other. And then the Indy Light Series, which is essentially the minor league to IndyCar and then the IndyCar main race itself, um, which was won this year by Scott Dixon. Um, that was his 53rd win in IndyCar, uh, which actually passed Mario Andretti on the all-times win list to make Scott Dixon the second um, second most winningest driver in IndyCar history. So, so how did you gra graduate from Auburn a few weeks ago, if you know this much about auto racing? Have you done anything else in your life the last four months? Because <laughs> I worry about you. No, that's a, that's a great recap. You've been our, you're our social media director. Do we, do we have a title for him? I gave him that. Sounds good to okay, me. Okay, that sounds good. He's yeah, still living it. at home, isn't he? I wear many hats. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's our, uh, if people want to comment on the show, critique, uh, get a hold of us, uh, give ideas uh, for guests, what, what would that uh, email be, Joey? So, um, did I stump like you? Sponsors. 
Did I stump you? <laughs> you had one job. Yeah. One job. No. So for e- if you want to email us, contact for the show, whether that's through sponsors, uh, guest recommendations, questions, anything you could possibly want to say, uh, that email is secondcupofjoeandjoe.com. So you can reach out to that. Um, <laughs> that that's went, a great point. That went really well. Right when you cut out secondcupofjoeandjohn at gmail.com. And you spell, you spell second. You don't put you two put it all together. Yeah, so that's, that's right. great. All right, Joey. Hey, yeah. thank you. Uh, can we book you from time to time to, uh, to, to kind of bring you in? Absolutely. Do I have to go through an agent Absolutely. or anything? How my many, agent will be in touch. Okay. How many I'll send beers? The contract over. How many beers did you have yesterday? Not as Walk many as count. Dad. I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Who bought them? I know it. Hey, we got to move on. We got a great guest. Right, Joey, buddy. thank you for your time, buddy. Absolutely. It's good talking to y'all. Hi, right, buddy. Rock on. All right, let's go. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. And that's just one of the many amazing songs uh, written uh, by or co-written by our guest today, Tia Sillers, longtime Nashville singer-songwriter. Tia, thank you so much for taking time. Oh, such a pleasure. Yeah, you can. It's, yeah, it, there you go. Yeah, first microphone <laughs> she's ever, ever. No, used. I mean, I all of a sudden realized I was supposed you, to you're talk. You're on. I know. I know. You, you just didn't want to talk racing all <laughs> no, morning long. No, I did. Long. I did. I had a million questions. Yeah, I can tell. Do you no, know how I, many texts? I really did. <laughs> you did. It was all I could. I mean, I, I wanted to interject. Well, you're such a part of the Nashville skyline of music. Uh, have you enjoyed Ooh, nice. all the that great? Was smooth. Yeah, that was Doctor Smooth, right well, there. Well, have you enjoyed? You know, we had the Preds. You got the Nashville SC. Now we had the racing. Oh, I mean, I was at the soccer game on on Saturday night. I'm a season ticket holder. Are you? Well, this answers that yeah. question right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let my people go. Are you in, Moses? Did Are you, you in, see a goal? Is what I wanted to know. <laughs> did you? Do you see one goal? Two goals? I, I saw, we saw two goals. Yeah, okay. Well, it was, it was a, a high scoring game. affair yeah. back and forth. It yeah. was a, that was a, that was a, as the, John, uh, the polite, goal of yeah. A game. yeah. You can sit there for six hours and see nil nil. So it's what an exciting game. It was, but the atmosphere is good. Cool. I mean, oh my gosh, I love it. And I've, I've made um, the best friends of my seatmates. And we are just, we've actually, we all get together and, and have a little tailgate sometimes beforehand. We have all these inside jokes and we have certain strategies, lucky strategies or, that we have for each game. And like, for example, two weeks ago, Carlos decided he had to wear, we decided he had to have matching um, soccer balls on his cheeks. And then when we tied the game, that game, we, we verboten, no more soccer balls on cheeks. So that clearly didn't work. No. And so I was in charge of wearing my lucky yellow shorts to the games on Saturday night. That didn't work. So now the yellow shorts are out. out. You know, it's, it's like, an expensive right. sport. It's an expensive sport. <laughs> you got to go through a, a wardrobe. Yeah. Tia, you, uh, uh, you have so many wonderful stories about uh, Nashville music and the relationships that you've made and the awards that you've won and so forth. But um, you didn't grow up here, but you, you moved here pretty early. I moved here when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah and so, so I didn't come here of my own volition. That's why I always say so. I think I'm of myself as a Nashvillian. I mean, if you just if you land here because somebody brings you here... Yeah. I think it's kind of where you're from. Yeah, no, I, I'll buy that. Yeah, 1980, I believe. And um, fascinating story about uh, when you were still in high school. You uh, you went to the Bluebird. Mm-hmm. And, and how did, I mean, did you know, like, did you grow up before even moving here that you knew that you no. you had music I in your two, soul? I have or? two stories I love to okay. say about that that always, like, 
you just feel like so naive and so idiotic. But in your life, you know, in life, you don't know what you know until you know it, right? So, uh, so my family moved here to Nashville, and we moved to Green Hills, and we lived on the Bluebird side of Hillsborough Road, not the other side, and I didn't have a car. I had a bicycle, and I was forbidden to cross Hillsborough Road. We weren't allowed no, to. No, you'll never make it. Yeah. No. no. Still Even back then, you still, still never make it. it. I'm still waiting to cross the road. Yeah. I, At Richard I, Johnson. Yeah, exactly. That light never changes. Right so, you go into Crystal. So I go. just basically like never got to go to Crystal because it was on the wrong side, side of the road. road. So, which is no longer there. Crystal is You there. have Crystal on your breath, Tia. We know you crossed the road, young lady. You're grounded. So I would, but I would bike up and down the street, you know, that summer, you know, in the summertime and everything like that. And all of a sudden, one time, I guess I noticed out of the corner of my eye that it would, you know, it was like summertime, so it doesn't get dark until late. So maybe it's like 6 30, 7 o'clock, you're biking around and you're kind of feeling crazy, you know. And um, you notice there's people in line at this place and you're like wow what's what's this yeah, this strip mall you, you, know? got, you don't think and, it's and, anything special and I, I remember asking pulling up on my little huffy or whatever I was riding and saying hey what's going on here fellas and they said you know um, <laughs> this is a concert venue and there's music playing and I'm like wow and they said there's a 6 o'clock show and there's a 9 o'clock show and the first one's free and I was like sign me up so I Went to literally a, signed me yeah, up. So yeah. I, I went to a couple of the six o'clock ones, and then I guess I don't know what made me think it was a good idea, but I biked around to the back and I discovered there was the kitchen, and um, I just one day parked my bike there and walked in through the kitchen, and went like, "Hey, hi!" And they just let me walk like through the you kitchen. own the place, yeah. Yeah, and I went and sat in the back little shelf area in the very very back because it wasn't really a seat, and. You get shushed. I just, I, I did not get shushed. <laughs> okay. I understood immediately that I was. Supposed I to never be understood. Yeah. I've been shushed two hundred times. No, 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 no. And I was only, I've just, only been there twice. That's just this morning <laughs> at home <laughs> by your wife. And but it, it was great. So that was the beginning of that. And the, and then um, some amazing songwriters, for no good reason at all, were just very kind to me, and I became enamored with them. And all, I only had one goal. It didn't occur to me. It, well, first of all, it never occurred to me that there were no women. Oh, I, I, that it, mm. it never occurred to me that I was only watching men and it never occurred to me that I was, I was watching these four men often play in the round or in the, talk, do a show and, and I just wanted to get up there and tell jokes. That's actually what I wanted to do. I wanted the banter in between. I didn't actually, the song part didn't really occur Yeah, the to song me. gets in the way of the banter. It was it like, like, how a, can I sit there and be Just funny. a placeholder. No, and, uh, like number one song, so yeah, placeholder. So my, at the time, it was like, how do I get to do that? That was all. Did you have, now, were you singing, performing, learning the guitar, writing songs, had a notebook? Did, I mean, none of that? No, no. No? No. Okay. No. But I was in, like, plays and theater, and I did all sorts of musicals and acting, and I was, I was in, like, my mother was a really sort of very famous model from New York, and when we moved to Nashville, she had quit, and so she had me, um, you know, I was auditioning for commercials and things like that, so I grew up trying on different personas and that as a songwriter eventually became alluring to me to think because the number one thing that I wanted more than anything was to be a man because I immediately connected that men have it going on and women do not women are second class or they don't have the power yet Mm -hmm. nothing like a white man and so I realized as a songwriter oh my gosh I could write for men and they would never know so it was this ability to slip my skin and be um be able to write for anyone 
any kind of music, anything, and just happened to be a red-headed, curly-haired Latino woman. woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, on a huffy. <laughs> but to write anything, you know, that at some point connected, but not then yet. It didn't hit me yet then. We played I Hope You Dance, which has to be the biggest one, is it? Yeah, I, I guess. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's just such a beautiful song. You met my son Joey mm-hmm. on our little race talk. I have a younger one, too. They're two two years apart. But anytime you have a kid, you want to yeah. put all their pictures to that soundtrack of that song. Yeah. Um, and light a bunch of candles and pray. Really it's just pray. a great, great song. Did yeah. that come out of one of those experiences? of? So to me, in your songwriting, it seems like you gather a lot of thoughts going on, and then all of a sudden, boom, they all come out at once, and mm-hmm. it's a song. Yeah, I'm a collector of thoughts. A collector of thoughts. I think we all are, but you're an acknowledger. You yeah. take it one step further. You're yeah. able to communicate it where someone hears it and goes, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. But I've never been able to say that. Yeah. I, uh, I've always, um, once I decided I wanted to be a writer, I, um, I really believe for anybody who wants to be a writer, you cannot type on a computer. You cannot type on your phone. You don't, do not remember the thoughts as well as just scribbling them down. And what's remarkable about scribbling something down on a little shred of paper, you, you might misspell the words. You might not even put the words in the right order. But when you pick up that piece of paper a month later, you, you have a, a cognizant, visceral memory of writing it down, and you know what you were trying to evoke and to think. And if I find it on, on, a, on, my, on my phone, I have no memory of it whatsoever. And especially because it'll do autocorrect, or you know, like it, sometimes it'll, ma- <laughs> yeah. it'll make a word not even the word, and you don't even know what you wrote. You don't remember what you wrote. They never let you type dirty words. Oh, that's, oh, that's kind of my hang there's, up. There's that too. But yeah, and I just, you know, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you, but oh. with your handwriting, you, you can remember it. That's so. interesting. I think your next big hit is autocorrect, and Auto- you just <laughs> sing the song of all those words that came out. That would be- <laughs> Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. And we are getting them right now. I thought uh, it's trying to put some structure to this podcast um, and try to be classier than we actually are, Tia. Um, Tia Sillers with us, singer-songwriter out of Nashville. Uh your life lessons, uh, you know, you, you have an outlet to express um, your feelings uh, about different things through songwriting. I just think it's, it's such an expressive, and you're so good at it. And I've, you know, I've seen Joe and I and our wives went and saw you recently at uh, City Winery, and that was fantastic. And I know you do a lot of private shows and so forth, and um, you just have some great, great stories. Um, uh, tell me about uh, just the songwriting process. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about that in terms of you know writing it down and so forth but um are you one of those that that say hey i'm gonna wake up this morning from nine to five i'm gonna see if i can put a few things together and noodle around and stuff like that or what's your process i like to say yes to everything (laughs) i don't have a single process and i think that if you do have a process that's wonderful but i think that maybe my secret weapon is i say yes to everything so i've done it in every different possible combination and I've always completely surprised myself every time or like all the times I didn't want to write it's almost like guaranteed that I'm going to write something great and the times that I feel like incredibly supremely confident and I'm going to crush this I haven't written anything great so it's it's like you can't you just have to do it one of my favorite things a long time ago Stephen King wrote this great book called On Writing and um 
he said, you know, everybody thinks they have to wait for the muse to come and whisper in their ear, and they think the muse is a beautiful woman in a flowy dress with big full lips that looks like Angelina Jolie or something like that, right? It, it is. But That's no. my muse. No, 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 no. no. The muse is, is Danny DeVito. <laughs> That's, that's a little creepy. With a cigar. <laughs> not yeah. my muse. It's not, not. No, no. And he comes in, he knocks on the door, he looks at you and goes, Oh, you're not working, kid? Fuck you. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, shit. Um, but, okay. Apparently, you okay. are. Okay. Anyway, oh, you're not working. We have planted new ground. That is the first F bomb we've had in 14 or 15 right. episodes. Okay, but well, well played. Say, you're, not, you're, not, uh, you're not working, kid. Screw you. I'm not giving you no good ideas today. And he walks out. And that's the muse. And so I love the idea of that. The, my muse is Danny DeVito. And it's all, th- because, and it's, my muse is Danny DeVito because Stephen King told me it was, which I love saying. You know, and that, I learned that it, I read that book when I was. 22 years old and I was like I don't know where my ideas come from I mean I do I do that they come from being supremely mindful being a constant collector like a seashell collector or a scientist or whatever collecting all these specimens I understand that and I also understand that creativity or positivity or negativity or sadness or, or and all of these things are a muscle and the more you work whatever those are right yes the more you work joy your joy muscle gets stronger, right? Your, your, the more you work grace, your grace muscle gets stronger. So the more you work creativity, I guess your creativity muscle gets stronger. Well, you've collected well because your, your songs have sold over 30 million albums. Oh, I mean, come on. That's a lot. I don't know that we could get anyone in here. <laughs> I don't really care uh, Where 30 million is tacked onto their name somehow. That is major league. And uh, rewind a bit. You went to Father Ryan High School. Was that old Father Ryan down on church? This is stuff. Now, come on. I don't like talk. I don't like talk. That's just ancient history. It's irrelevant. Well, yes, I went I there. went to Hendersonville High School. I went we'll to get Father local. Ryan for two years. Oh, you did? Was that when it was on Church Street? The old the school? The old one. Yeah. Now it's a monster, monolithic yeah. college campus. But Nashville in those days uh, was different. 65 was only two lanes going into Nashville. Now it's a five-lane super speedway. Uh, that era of my first job was I worked for Conway Twitty in that era. I came here in 1978. Are we going to hear the Conway Twitty story I again? I loved Conway Twitty. But that era of country, I wanted to rewind a bit mm-hmm. to when all your collections were going on in your head and your thoughts. It was a different era of country music. A song like I Hope You Dance would not be on country radio at all. No. So uh, where did, what was your love of music from what is country to pop? Uh, start rewinding back to those earlier high school days when Nashville was different than it is well, now. Well, if I'm real, I mean, this is something I'm not supposed to, I've worked at, I usually don't say, but I've never listened to country ever in my life. Oh, good. Ever. Even when I was writing country hits, I never listened to country. I don't like country music at all. <laughs> I'm a songwriter. Sure. I, and, 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 um, I love the I fact have, you don't get tied down to genres. No, I mean, I never have. I've had way more success in, in, in rock and blues and, um, and, and pop than I have country. I mean, I've had some massive hits in country because that's the way the country vehicle is. Sure. But I've always been a KDF girl. You know what I mean? I was, I mean, 
I, Go you, ahead. You listened to him growing up. When you were talking about it, like I, I think of like David and David. I remember like being like nine years old, yeah. crying Boomtown. at Boomtown. Boomtown. I love Just David weeping. and David. Weeping. Welcome Whatever to happened to David and David? By the way, they did. I don't know. David Berwald went on to make some brilliant records, and he was part of um, Cheryl Crow's Tuesday. Uh, uh, afternoon party or whatever. Party yeah, I, mean, I did not know that. This. I mean, it was amazing. He had an amazing career. That's but, great. But that that's my that's my proclivity. I'm totally rock. How did how did I know we'd be connected? Because I used to make you money playing Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Shepherd's yeah. uh, Blue on Black, yeah. which is a song I Tia wrote as love well. Love that cover. song. Yeah. So uh, you and are Five Katie Finger Death Punch just re-recorded it. <laughs> five and, Finger Death Punch. Yeah, and, and, and it took to number one again, right? <laughs> and that's fun to say. You know, it is. Fun. <laughs> that is. Who doesn't want to? I mean, I, you know what? What I mean, I, if I may be so blunt, I mean, I've already been blunt. I've already said the f bomb and everything. <laughs> yeah. what else? But it's like one of the things that I have the most difficult time with country music is that um, it uh, it's been incredibly exclusive of women repetitively. Mm -hmm. So it um, it's at times embraced them, <laughs> and in the '90s when I was a pep a mere pup coming along and there were songs like Independence Day and He Thinks She'll Keep Her, I was like, oh, okay, I think I'm interested in this now because it's really embracing women. So for the five golden years that it was inclusive of women or whatever, how many years it was, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I stuck my toes in that and I had some great success that way. And the Dixie Chicks, I mean, but the Dixie Chicks got eviscerated for saying something slightly mildly offensive that wouldn't even make a blip on in the world today but they got eviscerated and 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 nick snade from country radio and the men that eviscerated her only got stronger and so as a woman why would i want to keep writing for that you know what i mean and and so, that's true because yeah it seemed like the the turn the worm had turned and yeah. then and then and then it turned again yeah, it was just it like well again. okay we're not yeah. you've had your five years and yeah. you've had shania and a few people get yeah. up there and and uh and and turn um i do want to get at, and i've heard this story but I, I i'm just fast i'm just obsessed with with blue on black uh the, just the short version of where that where those words came from and i i think i remember the story but we we had some wine that evening. We were so. in um, we were in New Orleans at the Royal Sinesta Hotel in the presidential suite, and this was back when record labels when you were wow. when you were the bomb they just treated you like royalty and so they didn't give me i i i was staying like in a really cool like rented apartment right um on uh, royal and domain and i stayed there i lived there for a month it was so in much in the french fun. quarter area in the french quarter wow. yeah and so i i stayed there for a month mark selby my future husband stayed there um and kenny wayne shane was in the presidential suite and he, he was going in and out playing gigs but he just like rented the place for the month and they were treating him like royalty so he had he had like 50 amps and a 2,000 guitars all like donated to him or given to him to try these things out and moss that's what i call mm -hmm. mark and um and Kenny, we're just like playing with sounds for day in, day out, day in, day out. And I'm like, dude, we got to write a freaking record. <laughs> we, we got, got to write some work record. to do. And they just want to go, ding, 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 ding. And I'm like going, okay. And so finally, there were a couple of licks they, that I grabbed onto that I really dug. So I go back in this corner and I'm playing dun, 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 like that. So I'm playing all that. And I'm playing it over and over again. And I'm like, grab it on this. And I'm like, I really dig this idea. What is this going to be? And they're still act there going, ding. <laughs> and so finally, I'm looking at Kenny's shirt, and Kenny. Um, There's medication for what you just did. You just spazzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was called childish men. It was. <laughs> and so Kenny had on this blue and black shirt, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow, is it a blue shirt with black printed on it, 
or is it a black shirt with blue printed on it? Or is it two different kinds of yarn? And then I was like, well, this is really interesting. If it was a black shirt and blue went on it, it wouldn't show up. It would bleed into the black. And I was like, what else wouldn't show up? And I went, oh, tears into a river would not show up. A cold on top of ice wouldn't matter. Um, you know, a match on a fire, that wouldn't matter. That wouldn't do anything. A dead man's touch would not mean anything. A whisper on a scream, huh, it wouldn't mean a thing. It wouldn't bring you back. That is, that's gold right there. I mean, I made it look sound way simpler. And, you know, my fabulous future husband, Mark Selby, absolutely <laughs> was all sorts of brilliant on top of that, too. But the point is, that's what started it. And that's why you need an English major in the room and a woman with an eye for design. Um, uh, let's get to Mark, because I, it's such a big part of your life. And, and uh, uh, there's, I know this is raw and we can go as shallow, as deep as you want, but uh Mark passed, and uh, it, it happened quickly. Um, and, and I was telling Joe this that I think Lindley and I—I um, I don't know if I love her more each day or I fall in love with her every day all over again. Mm -hmm. And and um, mm -hmm. I know you probably want to put two or three fingers down your throat. No, when I say no, that. no, 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 no. But, but you, and you know you're anybody who who does want to put yeah. two or three fingers yeah. down their throat, I feel sorry for you. No, no, I, I that just, means they're you're yeah. not able to appreciate. Wow. I just gush over her and, 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 you and I, you, you and Mark, your romance, your love affair, the way you two teenagers always carried on at parties. And, um, I'm just beyond sorry that, that, that he passed cause he was in yeah. such a neat, neat guy. And yeah. I know that's been a huge hole and people go, well, we write out of, you know, different emotions. I can't imagine what it's been like to, to kind of get back on that horse again when, when, you know, he, he was such a big part and I'm, and again, I'm so sorry. And he was a fantastic uh, musician, you know, and songwriter. I think when he died, um, and I like to use the word died, he is dead. I can't use past. Past, right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm so grateful that when people say it, but when yeah. I say it, it's like, no, no, no. My freaking the person who made the world make sense to me is dead and he's very not back. And I can't wrap my head around that, which is amazing that no matter how smart you are, how much time you spend, there's just, there'll be blips of moments or you'll like be like half awake and you'll almost, you'll forget. And you'll just be like, how nutty is this that you can't believe they're gone, but you can't. That's, part of our human condition. But he, uh, oh, it was amazing. It was, um, he thought I was the smartest and greatest person he'd ever met. And I thought he was the smartest and greatest person I'd ever met. And isn't that amazing that we never did not think that. Even when we thought they were an idiot, we thought they were an idiot because they didn't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't think he was an idiot. I don't know when I thought, I mean, like maybe once or twice when we got lost or something like that. But he, he was just, he was just lovely, and I can the thing that I miss the most is that I don't ever recall ever in my entire 
relationship with him, walking into the room, whether it was that I just went into the kitchen to make a sandwich or that I hadn't seen him for a week. And I would walk in the room and he'd go like, he would be like, come in and go like, well, hello there. Why? You know, like, like she's here. And I really missed that. Sure. You know, and he, he just helped me make sense of the world. But after he died, um, I said to myself, the only way you're going to survive this and have a chance at Tia 2.0, right, or whatever this is, is um, to go back to before you met him and pretend that you're learning how to write all over again. What, how would you write differently? Who would you be as a writer? Who would you, what would you not have written or written? So I went back to being 23, 24 years old. And so now I like to say I'm 27. <laughs> and I am, I'm 27 and I've made a horrible mess of my 20s without Mark Selby. I'm a, I've really F-bombed my <laughs> 20s the second time around. And, um, but it's been thoroughly interesting and uh, I, I am totally have divin, div way more even into the rock world and the pop world. It's just even more what fascinates me. I taught myself um, completely. I made myself write entirely by myself. Um, all different songs of the songs I played at the city winery that were largely written, you know, soul rights because I wanted to totally prove that I could do that. With, and uh, and I can. And some of those songs have gotten recorded and, and gone on and have lives now and. And I, um, at 27, um, I um, don't know what I'm doing, and I am hoping to find a really cool guy to fall in love with me again. And 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 I'm I'm here. Well, I think the collection of <laughs> thoughts. Uh, it, when you feel like you've fallen into a ditch, they dig yourself out. Yeah. You know how to creatively, if nothing else, make up a world of it to yeah. where here's where I am. And we all go through that in our own compartmentalized ways yeah. of here's how I've dug myself out of this before. And here's how I'm going to do it again. And I'm not going to let it get me down. I think it's a great testimony because a lot of folks go off the edge yeah. and never come out of it. Yeah. But that's not what we're built for. You it's all about the comeback. It's all about the comeback. And, and something I've spent so much time thinking about is the words hope and denial. They are synonyms. Because hope is just a more hopeful version of denial. But you can be the whole time that we were battling cancer with moss, the whole time we were in supreme hope which some people consider denial because everybody was shocked when he died. I was shocked when he died. We were, we didn't he know. We, we thought that couldn't yeah, happen to him, no. not him, no. right? Yeah, so what do you want to call that? Hope, denial, whatever. We did such a good job at being so supremely hopeful, but some people could say like, oh, wow, you were in total denial that this was going to happen. But the point, it, 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 hope is just the positive flip side and, and denial is the negative side. But I mean, you call it either way, but it's what you do to muscle through. And now the same thing. I am muscling through and I'm choosing the hope muscle. You can cause it, call it denial, but I'm not looking back. I don't, I'm not, pre I'm pretending like I have no history. Like even like when you brought up high school, I'm like, I'm, 
I, I don't want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> that didn't go we're well. Gonna, we're gonna I'm 27. Where did yeah, you she's... think I went to high school? I didn't go to the old Father Ryan. I'm 20 freaking seven years old. I like how you know? she's she's convinced you know? herself that, that I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm 34. I, I removed everything from that era because I think she'd be throwing things at me at this point. <laughs> and like now, I live in Nashville. I live in this new Nashville. I don't remember that old Nashville. I live in this new Nashville, and this is the Nashville I am trying to make it through Man. and crush. Are you uh, collaborating? Like, do you have a a a, a clickish group of two, three, four, five people that that you just kind of hook up with and and uh, and and try to put pen to paper and stuff like that? At or no? this point, I have like a handful of people I'm really obsessed with. Um, but they're do they all... know this? Yes. Okay, just. <laughs> Because there's laws that we could get a restraining order, but no, we won't no, do that. No, and um, and, and at this point, um, there it's no longer songwriters, which is really fascinating. I don't hang out with songwriters anymore. I um, hang out with artists who are um, trying to make their own artistry, and I'm helping them be a vehicle of that. So I'm helping them write, but I'm no longer writing with songwriters, trying to get songs cut by artists. That doesn't interest me anymore either. Oh, uh, yeah. Or actually, uh, net, net, yeah, Tia, the 27-year-old, doesn't do that. So, Which was the way to do it a long yeah. time ago. You're banging out songs and hoping yeah. that Clint Black records yeah. something yeah. that you don't even know who he yeah. even know who he wrote that. Can you make $30 million plus? So you come from an era where you could make a lot of money mm-hmm. as a songwriter and a performer. Now it's different. You drive up and down Music Row, half the buildings are gone. It's way more difficult to make a living yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, can you still make a living doing that for all these new people coming up? I don't think so. But, seem- um, but luckily, at this point, um, I uh, did something. The old Tia, the Tia that lived um, before that isn't the 27-year-old Tia, was very smart. And um, she took all of her money and invested it in Nashville real estate. And so, bada-bing. And so now... Well, I, that didn't go well. Yeah, no. no, nah, Nobody's so, moving yeah. here. Good luck. <laughs> and now one of my other big passions that I started um, a couple of years ago that has really carried me through. After Moss died, I really needed something super tactile, like super, super, super tactile. So one by one, I started taking the different houses that I own here in all in Midtown and and uh, old houses and, and just lovingly historically renovating them. And so one by one, oh. um, I did a house in Richland, I did a house in Belmont, I'm now doing a house on Love Circle. And I'm just making these pristine, beautiful little gems of houses. And that's become this other huge passion for me. And uh, as a matter of fact, right now, we're getting uh, the back part of a, a house on Love Circle. It's a three-story addition, and you can see seven miles out down West End, and, and it's going to be solid glass. And this is like, I'm obsessed with that right now. It's Love Circle, if you've never been to yeah. Nashville, is just this unusual high point, right? Mm-hmm. And you, as Tia said, off you, of West End. you <laughs> off of West End and yeah. 440, and you can see forever yeah. Uh, yeah. from down that zone. But my question necessarily wasn't yeah. a financial one as opposed to how do people do it now? You know, these young kids coming up, yeah. you can see them. They start their own channels. They basically are their own mm-hmm. labels. You don't even need a record label anymore. Uh, how, how are these folks? How, how are you? How, what's your advice to the well, next generation? So one, they need to find somebody like me who's willing to work for free, to, who's willing to give their whole heart to them, who believes in them unequivocally. So that's number one. And number two is um, you have to have a side hustle, a side or a third or a fourth hustle, whatever those hustles are, because you might still make it. I mean, the, there are ways to make it. But what's most important is, isn't it being a creative person? Being a creative person is way more important than um, making a killing at it. 
So I believe you can make a living at it, but I just don't believe you can make a killing at it. Sure. And that was an accident of time, fate anyway. That was a very short little moment in time that people, that radio actually paid people money. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, you know, only 30, 40 years. And now we're back in the wild, wild west, just like we were before mm -hmm. radio had it figured out. And, and maybe it will get figured out. Um, maybe it won't. But in the meantime, if you love making music, why would you stop? Yeah. Rapid, 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 yeah, you were like, it was like centipede to you. Yeah. I know that. So, uh, so yeah, we just going to uh, random questions and whatever okay. comes up. Okay. And we, none of these go randomly. I mean, if you feel like you need to expound on something, go ahead. But uh, go ahead, Joe. I'm going to put you on the spot. Tia, last book you read. Oh, I, I, I'm right in the middle of... You, of, you can slow down. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It doesn't have to be that fast. <laughs> it, it is rapid fire. It's Time's up. super rapid fire. The Amazing Adventure of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. Amazing. You must read it. It's ish about... Uh, it, it's it, it's so complicated. I couldn't possibly tell you. He's okay. a Pulitzer Prize writer, but part of it involves Antarctica and almost um, dying uh, of frostbite and um, taking on German submarines, but also being a, a very important cartoonist at the and who invented the black hat and 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 Spider Man. And he came from Prague and he learned how to how to be an escapist like Houdini. Okay, we've oh got the gist. Yeah, I'm and it's it true. I've read so Who many books like that. that. It is just that's just I, another I, one that just I finished that in one day. True. That's impressive and that it's you can like even remember that. Pages. Oh, oh my! Is God. it tiny type? Yes, in tiny type. So, do you feel like you're getting away with something more? Is it a longer, more interesting book when it's thicker and tiny type, or that short with the big letters? Like I need now. I have no rules. If it's just, great, it's great. If it takes me on a journey, I'm going. I Boom. love that. Best answer we've had that's because good. most people, <laughs> I guess, don't oh, read. Hell, I don't know. I don't know. Sports right, Illustrated. Um, pet peeve. <laughs> give me one of your biggest pet peeves. I don't think I really have a pet peeve anymore. No? I, I had to give them all up after Moss died because I just decided I needed to be grateful just to be alive. So I couldn't really, I can't collect them. I'm not surprised by the answer yeah. because you're, yeah, because you're, you're such a, a positive kind of forward thinking person. So, uh, so getting cut off in traffic, no big deal to you. They've had a bad day. Yes, they have. Oh, they're idiots. Oh, there's a lot of people that no, have bad days not. out there. Everybody's having a bad day every day is road. what I've, I've decided. Good. Tired Joe? of those people. Thin the herd. Oh, is it back to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sue, you're in the know. You're out a lot. Favorite, and it doesn't have to be okay. all-time favorite, mm -hmm. Nashville restaurant. Every Everybody, everywhere I travel around the country, oh, God, I'm coming to Nashville. Give me a hotel and give me three res restaurants. So how about for you a, a great restaurant? Well, my f I love Urban Grub, and I love Scotty, the bartender. He's there, and he takes care of me once a week or so. And they have a great uh, peaches and burrata salad, which is to die for. And then um, I just joined the Soho House, and they have fabulous steak tartare, which is really great. And um, i got to do a third one. Whatever you want. Oh, I, lo I love pho, so let's just go with Vin Pho on Charlotte. Okay. Or there you I've learned pho. two new restaurants right there. I don't know my city anymore. Yeah. 
What uh, What's in your CD player? Do you have a CD player? I do have a CD player. And funny you should ask because I have a ritual. It's my favorite thing now. Um, I just moved to a new house and I really streamlined my life. And I have my record player and I have my CD player and I have a six CD player. And I'm an avid CD collector because if we don't collect these hard copies, and how can I put my money where my mouth is as a songwriter? Mm -hmm. and if I don't buy new CDs of artists, how do these artists make money if they're depending on Spotify and Apple? So in the order that they're out right now, Robert Gaspar's uh, Black Radio number one, um, Gang of Youth, uh, oh my gosh, what's that record called, In the Wake of Your Leave? Um, um, Yola's new record, um, She's moving her hand like there's I, actually like six actually CDs in her here. stack. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, another Gang of Youth CD. They're they're uh, Angel on Eighth Street. I'm, just, I'm that's the wrong title. Oh, damn it. Um, Songwriters. Don't yeah, care about and that. then um, oh, and then uh, Queen's Best Greatest Hits because oh. I'm, I'm obsessed with Pressure right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm dancing to Pressure very late at night, and then finally uh, Sharon Van Van Etten. And Julian Baker, who we just saw. I thought, uh, and Angel Olsen. Uh, and Angel I, Olsen. I, I've, I've been turned on by yeah. that, but that Sharon, and yeah. I, what's the name? Van? Sharon Von, Van, Von Etten. I, every time I hear her, I'm like, ooh, I like that song. Yeah, yeah. No, she's, her. that was and, a fantastic and Julian's, concert. And Julian Baker's record is absolutely brilliant, yeah. too. Good. Oh, and the other band that I just am newly obsessed with is Yard Act. They're out of, um, they're out of uh, UK, and they're just brilliant. They um, have... A fabulous, hilarious song called Rich. Check it out, everybody. And they also okay. have a song called 100% Endurance that just thrills me. Wow. Good stuff. My, do, you, do, you see, do your CDs stay with the case, or are they in your car? So my problem is my CDs get separated from the case, and I want to know more info, then I can't find the case. No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. At, You're pretty good at keeping it together. Girl. Take it to the car. Take it back. <laughs> if you had to give your 18-year-old self advice... How about right my 27-year-old advice? If you had to give your 27-year-old we'll you self-advice <laughs> back then, what would it be? Well, I think the most beautiful thing about life is that we don't know anything. And if we did know anything, we wouldn't do anything. We'd, if we knew everything or if we knew how hard everything was going to be, we wouldn't do it. We'd just go get in bed and never get out. Sure. And so I'm so grateful that I didn't know what was going to happen because I did so many things fearlessly, even though I failed miserably so i'm really i would say just do it just be fearless and don't think about it be really 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 wide-hearted well you've done it all and you've conquered it all yeah absolutely next segment is joe and john have come to the fork in the road oh god She's been thoroughly unimpressed totally, with every one of our segments. Exasperated by us completely. She's going to get back in her car, drive back to, to Green Hills and idiots. go, what have I done? She kicked us out of that songwriting question. <laughs> <laughs> two goob yobs. But I, I am obsessed with forks in the road yeah. of people, of, of decisions that you could have made or didn't make oh. sometimes. Oh. Um, generally, it's in your youth, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, but you made a living singer songwriter you've got this other career of, of of renovating beautiful homes in the area which um turned out to be uh, a way to pay bills <laughs> as yeah. well who knew right yeah. um so what would be a, a fork in the road for you uh that, that you say boy that 
I'm glad I took that call or I'm glad I, you know, you discussed a little bit about the bluebird and, you know, had you never uh, taken your huffy there across the street and gotten, you know, enamored with crystals instead of, um, you know, the bluebird. But what, what would be another fork in your road, do you think? You know, every single thing is connected. Everything is connected. And you just go from the day you were born and you keep seeing these forks, right? Or these crossroads. And every time, every time I took the road less traveled by, every time I took the difficult one. And I'm so mad at myself because I'm like, oh my God, my life could have been so much easier if I hadn't. But I would say the biggest fork in the road that has happened to me recently was a couple of years ago, I went out to LA and I was working with this band, Shell, who's just brilliant. And I went to this place called the Peppermint Club to watch them play. And um, I met the most amazing individual there. And that person changed my life for the better in ways that, um, you know, I, I didn't get to keep that person, that I lost that person. But that person, other than Mark, has been the most astounding person in my life. You know, and so that fork, I went to the freaking peppermint club. I didn't want to go. I went and everything changed. And you met the guy. Yeah. And I met, yeah. met yeah. that yeah. guy who, who and then yeah. became this crazy, crazy, wacky journey. <clears throat> and all of that, all of that led to me sort of impetuously doing these houses. Like I decided he gave me like stamina and courage and chutzpah and spirit piss and vinegar and all that stuff and piss all the things like that. Am I allowed to say piss? Yeah, uh, you did. Okay. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. Or spit. I don't know what Come it is. And vinegar, you know. Another, a, you know. No, another milestone <laughs> for the second cup. I like how you use it. I'm going to use it that way. But, but it gave me all that. that Hushpah. Hushpah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I haven't lost that. You know what I mean? So that's just amazing, that fork in the road. I, 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 it's, it's a great moment. It's a uh, aha moment. It's a fence post mm -hmm. moment. It's to me, one of those God driven moments that, uh, yeah. when you think all is down, you have the one word that you hung on to earlier, which is hope. Yeah. The people, the reason people get way out of whack is because they do not have hope. Yeah. And, uh, that can be self-generated through, um, just your life experiences and just yeah. your great attitude that you have, Miss Tia. I hope so. Do I have, are we done? No, you've got to get experience okay. more. I got, you got to wear little, shades. I have, one, I have one more thing I want to say because you just brought it up. Oh, you, we, yeah. And this could be what under, is this? Th what this, is this? well, this whole segment it's is just, about your future's so bright, you got to wear shades. I just wanted to play I know we need 10 bucks three underneath that. We don't have that, that worked out, yeah. but, but now she's yeah. putting on shades. So, yeah. and this fits right Quite into, da, da, you know, but the, the whole, yeah. the whole podcast yeah. with you has been about, about, about resiliency and mm -hmm. coming back to come back. And so, uh, yeah, we just want to hear, um, your future is incredibly bright. I just started, I started doing something on March, on May 16th and it has changed my life and I want everybody to do this if they want to. If you don't want to, it's fine. So I was in San Francisco and I was walking the streets all by myself and I had just gone to a Gang of Youths concert at the Fillmore the night before and, and life was just so great and I was getting ready to go play these shows. I was really excited about it. And I impetuously was walking down the street and there were these little books called moleskin books. They're, they're little, yeah. like they're not big at all. And I decided, because I'd been try, I kept journals since Moss died, but the journals were more like, what is the meaning of life? And when am I going to ever feel better? And when am I going to stop grieving? And when am I going to stop crying? And it was more things like that. And I decided, no, Tia, I want you 
to only to have a book, and it's called your tiny book of miracles. And you're only allowed to write down the tiny extraordinary things that happen in your life. And you can't write about them when it happens. You have to wait 24 hours before you write about them. So now I've just filled my first book. I'm on my very last page, and now I've got to start a new book. But for two months now, two and a half months, I've done nothing but write down the serendipitous and the beautiful and the sublime and the accidental, the God winks, the universe nudges, the angel kisses. I've come up with all these words for them and sometimes they're big things and sometimes they're little things. Sometimes it's finding a heads up penny. Sometimes it's finding a feather. Sometimes I really love feathers and sometimes it's that, that you know, something really big and miraculous happens. Like on my, um, what would have been my wedding anniversary on July 4th, Nick Connors, this young artist I'm working with, he, we were out in LA, and he didn't know it was my anniversary. And he said, I got you a present. And he got me a little bottle of love potion from the Harry Potter um, Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. So I, I could use it every day and maybe find a man. And he also got me a magic wand. He gave me a magic wand. And he had, and on July 4th. On July 4th. Yeah. And, and um, that's a miracle. That is from Moss. Moss was like, see, I'm giving you a magic wand and love potion from Nick Connor. And everything's going to be okay, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Sure. And so that was like one of my miracles one day. Or sometimes my miracles are just conversations I have with people. You'll go in my miracle book, but nothing negative, nothing else. And sometimes it might go four or five days, there's nothing, and then something has to go in. But I've filled my first miracle book. And so that makes my future feel bright. That's going to be hard to top right there. I don't know. I mean, Fisher didn't give us any of that. That's terrific. You know, none of our other guests. I I think the, uh, the overlying tone is a positive attitude and never quit. And it's, well, it's either that it's, or you have to go jump off a bridge, and I don't want to jump off a bridge. No. I know. No, life is too good. Life is too good for that. And I'm even curious. as even as the uh, even as the uh, the great stalwart philosopher Ted Nugent said, "You're born here, you die here, and you got to get as many licks as you can in between." <laughs> so yeah. it's you just have to fight every day because yeah. we all have our individual things that no one else knows about, yeah. and uh, that's the that's the best thing that you can do. And boy, you're doing it well, Tia. Fill up a miracle book and ask a lot of questions. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. You've been so kind to uh, to open up your your time and 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 your life to us, and yes. and I, I hope the people that listen to this are inspired. I mean, this, the, the reason we wanted to, to to start this is that we, Joe and I, I mean, we have stories, we have life lessons, we we have scars. Um, scars mean scar, scars. Yeah, uh, scar, no. scars mean Mine you're living, ugly. right? Mine I mean, ugly. and I I much rather collect scars mm-hmm. and feel. Um, and then, then to be numb and just kind of go through, uh, you know, I've, I've told this many times and I, I, this is raw for me, but I, you know, I, uh, I was married first time and it was fine and she was great. And, uh, it was, it was, um, it was pastel and I thought there was brilliant colors out there. And, and, and who am I to think that people said, John, you got, you got, you got a good life. You got a good marriage. You got, I said, there's just, there's something more and something more was Lindley. Yeah. And I, I just knew that it yeah. was out there. So you're going to take chances. You're going to fall back. Um, but uh, scars are, are privy. Yeah. Yeah. You got pretty scars, girl. Thank you. You do. <laughs> I look forward to, to hearing uh, more about what you're going to be doing. And I, does that book turn into songs? Do you, that's not the know. motivation? Or I don't you know. I think I'm just, I mean, I have to let start a new one. I have to start a new one today. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just my, maybe I'll have a stack of miracle books when I die. Somebody's got to read them. Put yeah. them all together, girl. Yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. good. All right. Hey, Tia, thank you again thank for your you time. Guys. Appreciate <laughs> it.
That was a pretty good book, don't you think? A uh, booking for but, me? But can we have a... We've given no, you all we no, got. no, we can't. That's we've, we've that's a, no, that's it. But but we do hey, have we do if have. If you want to write us some some yeah. cooler intros, we we'll, we will buy you a I hamburger like on Tuesday. I like the intros. <laughs> no, but but you know what we do? We do have a grovel here uh, about sponsorship. But hey, if if you if you want to know uh, or or contact us, it's Second Cup of Joe and John at gmail dot com. That spells second, and do that. And then this is uh, this is how we end the show, right? The second. Hey, thanks for listening to Second Cup of Joe and John. <laughs> it's the Second Cup of Joe and John. As their guests expound on very, any very and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.